Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Feats of Strength Week 9. Here we go. Jeffrey Simmons, who played the role of Aaron Donald on Sunday night against Aaron Donald's Rams. Look at that. Taking David Edwards on a ride. David Edwards didn't even have to give a ticket for this ride at the carnival. Right back into Matthew Stafford. Anytime the quarterback gets knocked over by one of his own guys, that's a great job by. Oh, the truck stick. Truck stick time. Eno Benjamin. No, no, Drake Kirkpatrick. Let's take another look at it. Look at this. Pow. And Josh Norman gets benched, and Drake Kirkpatrick, here's your reward. Now, and oh I don't know gosh. what you can do about that other than hit the guy very trip, low and trip hope him. that you trip him. Yeah, you yep. got to trip him something, right? Javante Williams. Oh, this dude and here. He, this isn't much. It's a short gain. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. There he goes. 30 yards later, they finally get him down. Boy, it would have been great if he would have busted that all the way. Domination. It would have been like the old, the old Broncos. Barry Sanders. I mean, hey, the guy Hamilton that's you know trying to rip the ball out there is like 330 pounds, but Williams is powerful. He really is. Sometimes you got to just get the guy on the ground, not worry about trying to force the fumble, otherwise yeah. he's going to run right by you. Here's Wyatt Teller, who got a big contract yesterday, had the big block on Sunday that helped spring the run by Nick Chubb all the way down to the van by the river. And <laughs> Teller, I, is it? Does he get a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he get a little holding here? Is that called tackling? Yes, that is. What is that with the left arm? I don't know. He got a little lucky there, no doubt. He's a hell of a player, though. He really is. He is one of the one of the best guards in the game, and he just got paid. So, congrats to him. All right, midseason awards. We are exactly halfway through the 2021 regular season biggest season ever 17 games tom brady thinks it's stupid to have 17 games he really unloaded on that he did i'm not being sarcastic on i agree latest let's go podcast and uh commented on the imbalance in power between the owners and the players and it's always been there and it always will be tommy long after you're gone if you ever do indeed retire mvp so far is your choice Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, someone else. Who do you have? Tom Brady's currently the betting favorite according to points bet, Chris. 
Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I understand Brady being the favorite. I do. I mean, of course, they're really good, and they're going to continue to put up stats and stats and stats and stats. I mean, you know, not only is he going to strike from 30 and 40 yards out from touchdowns, but, you know, Bruce Arians, he, he's trying to get Byron Leftwich a job, too. I mean, when they're on the one-inch line, they're going to throw for a touchdown. That's what they do. They're, oh, we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're three hairs away from the touchdown? Let Tommy throw it in. Boom. Touchdown. So – I can understand him certainly being like the leader as far as that's concerned. I don't see them losing a lot of football games from here on out. He's got weapons, a good system, and he's still throwing the hell out of that football. Yeah. Um, did you? So you picked Stafford. My pick, pick is Stafford. Yes. Dude. Final answer. Final right. answer. I'm going with Matthew Stafford. How'd you know? You I didn't know, even say it yet. I didn't. But yeah. Oh, you. Were I was waiting. waiting. I didn't. Yeah. I um, didn't know. Sorry. I'm. I'm really torn on this one, and it's. It's look. When the dust settles on the season, yeah. the number one seed in each conference, the quarterback of that team, one of those two teams, will be the MVP. There's not going to be a Derrick Henry assault on the all-time single-season right. rushing record. There's, there's nobody who is threatening any all-time receiving records. It's going to be the quarterback of the one seed in the AFC or the one seed in the NFC. And, um, But I'm not ready to give it to Kyler Murray. I hear you. The current one seed in the NFC, and I'm not ready to give it to Ryan Tannehill right. of the Titans, the yeah. one seed in the NFC. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. Okay. I, I think what Lamar Jackson's doing this year is special, and we have seen his game evolve from the perspective of he's bringing the team back right. from deficits. That right. was the big knock. Once they fall behind, they can't win. Well, they were down 14 points in the second half on Sunday against the Vikings, and they won the game. So, you know, he's he's running, he's throwing, and uh, – uh, regardless. All right. Um, yeah, no, but I, I, I like your pick there, Mike, though. You're right. I, you know, again, I know we played a clip before this before this segment from my podcast. I, I mean, again, what is this, his third or fourth 14-point comeback in the fourth quarter? You know, but but it, it just, to me, it flies under the radar for some reason with, like, Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know why, but just nobody quite gives it. Like, if that was Mahomes or Josh Allen or Rodgers or Brady, it would just be like, oh, my gosh, he's so clutch. He's amazing. Look at what he does. And for some reason with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, it kind of just gets swept under the rug. Like, oh, okay. Like, what do you mean, okay? I mean, he's he's the team. Their defense ain't that great this year. Their running game ain't that great. It's all him. So, like, I'm he I hear you on that. And I'm glad you picked him. It's it's a little bit hey, listen, I I, I picked Matthew Stafford. I'd like to explain that just real quick a little bit. Just, I was going to invite you to. I you. apologize for not doing it earlier. No, all good, all good. Like, but like Stafford again. Uh, you know, first off, it's the success has happened much quicker than I think anybody has anticipated. Let's not be prisoners of what happened last Sunday. I know it wasn't great. I get it. He made two bad mistakes, but they're a different football team and they're continuing. I, I mean, I would be shocked if they don't continue to get better. I mean, halfway through the year, he's still on a new team and still probably learning the system and they're slowly adding more and more and getting to know each other. I mean, we saw this with Brady and the Bucks last year. You know, let alone, you know, when he was in Detroit, he's the worst guy ever. And, oh, my gosh, Matthew Stafford, oh, he'll make sure you don't make the playoffs every year. Well, you know, what do you got to say now about that? And, you know, other than Russell Wilson, who hasn't played a bunch of games, his quarterback rating's the highest in football. You know, he's up there with touchdown passes, only two behind Brady as far as the lead in that category. You know, explosive plays, 20-point blowouts, those are all 
towards the top of the list for the Rams offense, and that's because of one guy. We didn't see that crap the last few years with Jared Goff at quarterback. Look what he's done. You know, and their running backs banged up, and they don't have that every week, and we still don't even think anything of it now. So that's where I feel like as passionate about Stafford as, as the Lamar Jackson thing you, you talked about there too. For some reason, don't quite get the credit they deserve. Are we concerned that the Rams have had their code cracked by the Titans and the blueprint is now out there on how to properly defend the Matthew Stafford-led L.A. offense. No, I, I'm not concerned with that. You know, you know, Vrabel and and Shane Bowen, defensive coordinator there. You know, they're they are. I've said this a few times in my podcast the last two weeks. Them and the New England Patriots to me are the best zone defensive teams in football. They're amazing. They can pass people off from zone to zone and make it really tough. They're really well coached up on that side of the ball. And then, of course, the Titans have a front four right now that is continuing just to go upwards. Bud Dupree continues to get more and more healthy. Harold Landry's having the best year of his career. We've seen Jeffrey Simmons. We know how dominant he can be. And then get them getting Danico Autry to where, Mike, they have one of those teams that we talk about a lot. They don't really ever have to blitz. Their front four can get there, and if they do blitz, it's like two guys blitz, but two guys drop out, and it's still a four-man rush. So, uh, no, I'm not concerned about that. Um, you know, I think McVay and Stafford will plan accordingly going forward, and not everybody's that Titans defense, which is hot right now. All right, midseason award defensive player of the year. Chris, you're up. It's the first time in like we've gotten to this point in the year in like three or four years where I go, it's not Aaron Donald. That's what I do know. All right, I'm going Miles Garrett. I am. Uh, and Miles Garrett to me is is clear. I think clearly the best pass rusher in football. I like T.J. Watt a lot. I don't think he can rush the passer like Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett's a force in the run game. You know, he's a true game plan changer. Just like Aaron Donald was, you have to be aware of where he is, what you're going to do against him in certain situations. T.J. Watt, really awesome football player. I get that. But to me, on a week-to-week basis, when I look at like a guy who really affects the game, man, Miles Garrett, I think, does it more than anybody in football right now. I think T.J. Watt, just because of the importance of the defense this year in Pittsburgh, yeah. to pick up the I slack for the offense. And Got a little more even if he's not... Effing up the play yeah. every snap. He's got that knack in the in the right moments he does. to make the big play, he get does. the big sack, give the crowd a nice little kick in the butt. Happened the other night. We, we seem to see it more often than not. And uh, earning that big contract that he got by skipping all of training camp in the preseason. You know, when a guy does that and then isn't effective, we're quick to say, oh, oh if he just would have been practicing, he'd be better. Let's... Let's make sure we give credit to the fact that the Steelers and Watt realized he didn't really need to be doing all that stuff in training camp in the preseason. He came out. Yeah. He's been pretty He's good. A freak offensive show. rookie of the year. Chris, who do you got? Well, I mean, to me, the offensive stuff is, I, I, I mean, unless Mac Jones, I love it, certainly can be in that conversation. But I, I'm going Jamar Chase all the way. I mean, Jamar Chase, yeah, it hasn't been like on fire the last two weeks. He had some drops in the game last week. But – Still, for I mean, he's he's one of the best receivers in football. Forget rookies. I mean, he's has any receiver this year changed games or made more game-changing plays than Jamar Chase? I, I don't think so. I really don't. I could be forgetting somebody. 
But I got to go with him. Uh, I do. He's just been too special. He's changed that football team in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I agree with you. Chase is the guy, although... You know, he set the great narrative early. Yeah, right. And it's kind of dropped off. You know, when the the it's funny. The drops happen in the preseason. It's a big deal. Then he catches everything in sight for the first six, seven weeks of the season. Yeah. Now there's starting to be some drop issues, yeah. and that's not going to change the narrative that he's great. And at this point, he's done enough that he's the offensive rookie of the year. However, this is a point MDS made yesterday on PFTPM because we do weekly awards and he made Devontae Smith of the Eagles his offensive rookie of the week. Is there a way that Devontae Smith overtakes Jamar Chase? Is there a way that Mac Jones overtakes Jamar Chase? Who would be the guy that you look to and say, if someone's going to make a run and topple Jamar Chase in the second half of the season, it's this guy? Smith has that kind of talent. I mean, he's right up there with Jamar Chase. It's just he doesn't have Joe Burrow. And I think the Eagles have kind of taken the approach the last few weeks, like we're going to run and we're going to run and we're going to run and we're going to run. And every now and then we'll throw to Smith. So that's where I think it'll hurt him ultimately. Um, The Mac Jones one's the one I look at, Mike. You know, because like you said it a little before with like the number one seed thing and the the MVP and the quarterback in each conference. Like, I feel like, yeah, New England keeps doing what they're doing and they get in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and end up the year, you know, uh, I, you know, again, I don't know, 11 and six, whatever, man, man, you know, 10 and seven, however it is. And they get in the playoffs that way. I mean, Hey, it's, it's not easy to play quarterback in football, let alone be a rookie, let alone being the guy that has basically have to replace Tom Brady, let alone you were like the most polarizing pick in the draft last year. Cause how dare you take him at number three? How dare you or take him like, which, which is all stupid to like to remind everybody, but I do look at him as the guy to up, upset Jamar chase. And I think you're right. If they make it to the playoffs, that's going to be the key. Yeah. As a rookie, mm-hmm. if he'll, and he will, I'm thinking, you know, the 49ers, I mean, Trey Lance isn't playing. The, the Jaguars have no chance. The Jets have no chance. He'd be the only one who's making the playoffs out of the five. However, 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 Justin Fields oh, has looked pretty good the past no couple doubt. of weeks. No doubt. Can you be the rookie of the year from a team that is, you know, six and 11? It, I don't know. If he makes plays like he did the other night and continues to do that, then yes, he can. Because, like, to me, that's different than, like, what Mac Jones is doing great. You know, yeah, they're managing him in the offense a little bit. But, like, Justin Fields has shown, like, you know, moments of, like, no, he is the offense. Your offensive system's not good in Chicago. You don't have that much to offer. And he's making great plays and great throws and, you know, doing some – great scrambles and runs too to add on to it so I would say yes if we continue to see kind of what we've saw in the last few weeks I'm certainly not going to hate on that at all Pete mentions that Justin Herbert from a bad team was the offensive rookie of the year last year at quarterback but 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 there wasn't another rookie quarterback taking his team to the playoffs that's right that's the difference yeah if you and that's going to be the question Mac Jones meat and potatoes takes his team to the playoffs Justin Fields Think of how good he would be if they just would have made him the guy from day one. You, and, you know, there's plenty of reason for promise and hope in Chicago, but there's also room for regret. If they had just handed him the keys from day one, how much farther along would he be right now? Anyway, I, I don't rule him out because yeah, I don't think you should. Uh, think what we right. saw the other night was spectacular. All yeah. right, we got a couple more to do real quickly. Defensive rookie of the year. I think we're in agreement on this one, and I don't know who else we would pick. Exactly. 
Uh, it's, it's it's Micah Parsons. You know, a little bit like what we just said with like Jamar Chase. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know. I, don't know. I you probably feel the same way. For those the, odds say it all. Look at those right. odds. Forget He's minus one fifty, and everybody else is in is in a ten to one or longer, eleven to one or longer odds. Yeah, I mean, forget rookie of the year. I mean, Michael Parsons is one of the best defensive players in the NFL right now. Period. I don't care if he's a rookie or in year five. He's up there. You know, let alone like, hey, we're a little banged up. Can you play defense end for a few weeks for us? Oh, whoa, damn, he's good at that too. I mean, he's he's already one of the best middle linebackers in football. So that one is like a no-brainer. I, th- I think they should just start carving his name into the award and, and hand it to him here soon. All right, I agree with you there, and uh, it will be a stunner if he doesn't win it. Last one, coach of the year. Who do you have? Okay. I want to give an honorable mention to Matt LaFleur. All right. Can I just say that right off the bat? You know, it's you just said it. Uh, well, yeah, I know. I did just say it. I don't know why I asked. The hell with asking you. Thank you. But but like, can we give the guy a little bit more respect? I mean, it's just every year he has to deal with something and he deals with it in 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 such a great way. You know, there's always turmoil ever since he took over the Green Bay Packers franchise. And all he does is continue to be a calming, steady voice that puts out great game plans and they win football games, you know? And what I also like is, like, he's getting tougher and meaner, too. Like, even last week during the press conference and they were asking about Rodgers, and he's like, well, don't ask it. You know, I can't remember the guy's name. Well, don't ask it, Jim. Don't ask it then. I mean, I like that. You know, yeah, good. Be a jerk a little bit. He could do that. But, all right, so now I'm going to Cliff Kingsbury, though. I'm going to Cliff Kingsbury. See, was hot. You know, everybody was kind of on his offense, and he's changed his approach on the offensive side of the ball. He's added more wrinkles to the offense in general. They've gotten Kyler Murray playing much, much better within the pocket. And, yeah, there was a lot of question marks about this guy going into the year. And here they are sitting as one of the best teams, if not the best team in football. I'm going to give him his respect, you know, because there was a lot of question marks about him going into the season. Um, I am going to go with Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. based upon, in large part, what I saw on Sunday night. Sure. Because and, and this is the Bill Belichick influence. Even though he never worked for Bill Belichick, he played for Belichick long enough to understand that when someone gets injured, there are no excuses. Yeah. We just keep going. Yep. We don't feel we don't feel bad. We don't feel like it's not our year. We don't do anything other than adhere to the standard that we have set for ourselves and for the organization and everyone who works for it. We just keep going. Is the next guy gonna be as good? No. But we expect the next guy to do his job. And that's what they did. And they recovered from that, and they got the win, and they're currently the number one seed in the AFC. They've won five in a row, four in a row while underdogs. And yeah, yeah, they they lost to the Jets. That so could what? be disqualifying. That could be disqualifying. No, but no. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I think I think he's done a great job, and he's he's underappreciated. 100%. I'm not going to say he's completely unappreciated, 100%. but he's definitely underappreciated. I, I agree. I know, I know we got to go to break, but I'm glad you picked him too, you know, because he does. He deserves a lot of love. And we always talk about managing games, situational football. To me, Vrabel's up there with anybody and doing that stuff. I mean, come on. We saw him like bend the rules in the playoff game against the Patriots a few years ago and use Belichick's trick on himself. You know, his team goes into every game and I go, that's the right way to play this team. I know it doesn't always end up being a win, but he gives him a fighting chance week after week. He's a phenomenal head coach. 
Our conversation was apparently so captivating that Pete hadn't been telling us we should break soon. All of a sudden, his Screw hair's on Pete. fire. We got to break. We got to break. Screw we got to break. Pete. We'll break when we want to, That's Pete. right, Pete. The show's still going to end at 9 o'clock, whether we take a break or not. But let's go ahead and take he a break. He wants to get his so draft in. He likes his draft. He wants his draft. That's what he's worried about. If you thought the NFL was going to change... Oh, I didn't even get to do my le- my tease. Boy, Too they late. just cut us off. The hell with Bye. <laughs> Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable... And the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here's the moment from Monday night that resonated into Tuesday and likely will continue to be a talking point on Wednesday. Cassius Marsh, the swing, spin, kick, and then the, that's fine, that's all good, but then when you go over and you do the little menace toward the Steelers sideline, that's when Tony Correa Throw the flag, decides. throw eventually, the flag, throw the flag. Eventually, eventually. Oh, wait, oh, wait the ref hip-checked him. Find pardon, Tony Correa. Pardon Karenny. my ass. Find him. Pardon, That's pardon my ass. Illegal contact, unnecessary um, roughness on Tony Correa for the hip-check. Okay, uh, Mike Tomlin, who benefited from that 15 yards of field position, was asked at his weekly press conference on Tuesday about the NFL's emphasis on taunting. Here is what he had to say. We're just trying to clean our game up. Um, we, we embrace the responsibility that comes with being the role models that we are. This game being played at the highest level, we understand that people that play at a lower level watch us and, and, and often mimic the things that we do and how we conduct ourselves and just largely as a league – uh, competition committee specifically, uh, there was a desire to improve in that area. And, and look, I understand what the league was trying to do. I just don't know where the line is. They weren't and, trying to do that. Well, 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 let me say this. Washington Post reported last night that the NFL believes the taunting call was correct. And that it was no. enforced the way that the league right. wants it to be enforced. And, and you know, what happens sometimes is the league will leak to the post or the AP or yeah. someone else its position on something without putting anyone's name on it. This, to me, feels like a situation where someone's name should be on it. Not leak to the post. We believe the taunting call was correct, and we don't believe Tony Carrenti did anything wrong when he when he threw his butt 
in the direction of Cassius Mark to provoke something. I don't know what he was trying to do. They think it's all fine. No one's name is attached to it. It's not an on-the-record statement. I, I really believe that we should reject as reporters. And what the hell do I know? I didn't go to journalism school. But I think we should reject this effort to push a self-serving narrative without someone's name attached to it. I'll give you an example. On Friday, when Aaron Rodgers said that a doctor from the league had told him yeah, right. that that somebody who is vaccinated can't catch or spread COVID, the league initially sent me something on background. I said, somebody, you got to go on the record with this. You got to go on the record with this. I can't use this without somebody on the record. And you know what they did? Yeah, you know what they did? They went on the record. They went on the record. Right. They went on the record. Yeah. Good for them. Right. But I think we need to push back in these occasions. I think somebody from the league needs to say, if they truly believe it, somebody needs to say, the call was right, and Tony Carrenti was right, and he did nothing wrong when he reflexively stuck his butt in the direction of Cassius Marsh, whatever he was trying to do. And there. didn't throw Somebody the penalty until it. the contact was made. I mean, he had well, a- but he was getting ready to. Okay, he it- was getting. He was getting. He was getting. It wasn't. He had already made up his mind. Cassius Marks said something out in the field he didn't like. He had him targeted. I don't believe it. And the NFL's wrong with how they handle that. It was literally get off my lawn. It was. Get off my field. Right. Get off my field. This is my field. I don't know. You get off. And apparently the NFL thinks Aaron Rodgers only broke the protocol once. So I don't give a damn about what the NFL and some of their unnamed people say. So be, be quiet. You've lost a little bit of like... You know, your, your trust. You're not in the trust tree right now, NFL. You know, this is one, again, they just leave a comment out there and go, look, we think it was right just to kind of appease the masses, and it's wrong. It was wrong. That's not what the rule was put in for. I understand what Mike Tomlin's saying. I'm still for the rule, but I'm for the rule of when a guy has a 40-yard gain and a guy makes a tackle and then gets up like, oh, I tackled you. Oh, even though it was a 40-yard touchdown and you're on the one-yard line, oh, my gosh, I tackled you. Or when they hit somebody, as I've said many a times, and they sit there and dangle their man junk on the guy for a few minutes. That's what we Thank want you. out of the league. Thank you. Thank but you. that's what it's out of the league for. Those are the examples we were shown. Or like getting up in somebody's face and taunting them. It wasn't like because a guy did a reverse chop kick and looked at somebody. Uh, and again, I, we don't know. He, uh, he could have been looking at the third row. At the, see, it's all speculation, that bullcrap call. I hate it, and they were wrong on that one. I'm all for the taunting emphasis, but that's not taunting or what it was there for. I wish Ben Dreith were still alive and still officiating NFL games so I could hear him say, personal foul, Dangling his man junk. Illegal man junk dangling on a guy he where, was I don't know. He was dangling his man junk. I don't know what the signal would be for that. <laughs> I can give it to you. I you want, want me to stand up? To, I'll no, show it to no, you. No, 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 no. Uh, all right. So, uh, real quickly, J.C. Treader, the union president, came out yesterday and said they'd like the league to remove the point of emphasis. Earlier this year, Rich McKay, the competition committee chair, said one of the reasons we did this is because the union wanted it. And Trader came out and said, we never asked for it. Don't blame us. So uh, the rule's been on the books. The question is, how do you enforce it? And the answer as of Monday night was ridiculously aggressively to the point where it tries to turn the players into robots. I think that's what people have kind of a visceral objection to yeah it's an emotional game it was a big moment he didn't get in anybody's face he didn't dangle any man <laughs> he's just he's enjoying a moment and it like you said yesterday for all anyone knew 
His mom was in the front row. I, I, yes, I just I couldn't disagree with that call more. One of the worst calls of the year. We got to take a break. We still got like three segments to cram into the final twenty minutes, I think. So uh, we'll talk power rankings very, 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 very briefly when PFT Live continues right after this. Yeah, I call that the step on a rake game. We see it. We see it. The Broncos get motivated. The Cowboys get complacent. We need to build an animation of Florio stepping on a rake and getting... It would be Sims, Chris Sims, stepping on a rake and hitting the head. It's the Florio step on a rake game. There it is. (laughs) Well done. Well done, EJ. And that's what I always think of when I think of stepping on a rake. Sideshow Bob getting caught in an ocean of rakes and stepping on one everywhere (laughs) he goes. And and you had your earbuds in, and they stayed in. Very impressive. I know. All right. Well done. Jammed them in there. Power rankings time. Here we go. Uh, We're in week 10 and starting to take shape, but what was it? Crazy week nine. So we got some movement. We got some green, which means up, and some red, which means down. Although, for these purposes, it's it's yellow and gray. Uh, Cardinals, back to number one. You got a problem with that? No, not at all. Definitely not. I mean, again, to you know, lose a game where they weren't really outplayed against Green Bay, you know, they made some mistakes, and then to go on the road without Kyler Murray and beat the 49ers the way they did, absolutely not. I, I have no issue with that at all. They are the best team in football right now. It's hard to argue that. Now, the Buccaneers go up five spots despite not playing, but when everybody in front of you loses, that's kind of what happens, right? So many of the teams at the top of the league lost last week. Teams in front of the Buccaneers lost, so you edge them back up. And what what a great weekend it was for the Bucs. They get the week off, and they watch all these other teams lose, enhancing their possibility despite losing to the Saints on the way into their bye right. to Make a run at the one seed. Yeah, no, huge week for them. Really, really is. And yeah, for the Rams to lose that game Sunday night was certainly helpful to them. And, you know, honestly, Mike, I mean, again, no issue there at all whatsoever either. I mean, of course, I, I look at the Bucks. I don't care. Yeah, they lost the game in New Orleans. New Orleans matches up well against them. Brady didn't play his best. But no doubt, still in the conversation of one of the two, three, if not the best team in football. The... uh question that I was very intrigued by from Keith Foreman. I don't get why so many are still all in on the NFC. They got torched by the better AFC teams. 7-1 and one was the AFC against the NFC in Week 9. NFC is the better conference, or as the better conference based on wins and losses, is an illusion. You Could could you make the argument the Titans should have gone all the way to number 1? I mean, they were 8. Uh, and right now, if the Titans were to play the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals already have beaten the crap out of the Titans, so it's kind of hard to I'm it's kinda the, hard I'm still to taking the go Cardinals. All in. Yeah. You take the Cardinals on that one. I gotta, I'd, we, I'd have to think about it. We haven't got you know, the Rams let the Titans off the hook the other day. We didn't even get the answer questioned about or the questions answered about the Titans offense. We we don't know. There was nothing for us to they didn't have to drive the ball or do anything. You know, they were spotted a fourteen nothing lead by two stupid decisions by Matthew Stafford. So I get that. But here, because see, like Keith Foreman, you know, again, context matters. You can't just look at something and go, well, they did this and they did that. And there's my, here's my answer. Okay. The, whoa. The Ravens beat the Vikings. Are you kidding me? No, no crap. 
That was disappointing. They only won by three points. So great. They won that. Whoa, the AFC's better. All right. The Patriots beat the dysfunctional Panthers and a quarterback who has thrown the ball to the other team more than his own team lately? Whoa. Wait. Oh, my gosh. He's right. The AFC is better. Wait. The Broncos won when Dak Prescott hadn't practiced in two weeks and they dropped balls and did stupid stuff? Oh, my gosh. That's it. That's, I don't need to see any more. I don't. That's. Oh, wait. The Chiefs beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers and looked like crap doing it? Oh, my. That's it. He's right. The AFC's better. That's right. That's right. Oh, what about like the Raiders going to New York and getting beat there? I mean, I, I you know again, the Giants aren't better than the Raiders. Derek Carr made two dumb mistakes and helped the Giants win the game. Period. I'm not buying that like AFC's better crap yet. Not sorry. Negative. Like that? I do like that. Right. And by the way, the NFC won the Super Bowl last year, so they have that going for them, which is nice. We're going to continue the power rankings discussion when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. A little more power rankings conversation. The Cowboys fell only one spot from five to six after getting destroyed by the Denver Broncos. David Hastings 23 asks, do you feel the Cowboys loss was more of a hiccup than what's to come? Which loss was worse, the Bills or the Cowboys? I mean, I think the Cowboys, that that was the, the reason for the step on a rake comment. The Cowboys just got into a spot where they believed their press clippings. They, they maybe thought they were better than they are and they weren't ready for for a team that they probably looked down their noses at because they had traded their best player. And every once in a while, you get reminded that even that bad team is still an NFL team that can beat you every given Sunday. No, no doubt about it. I think that's exactly it. You know, I mean, Vic Fangio, good defensive game planning, did some good things on that side. So there was that. Uh, And then ultimately, I mean, again, not that I'm taking credit from the Broncos away, but uh, you know, I'm on my podcast gonna today going to show four or five plays where I just go, I mean, Dak Prescott usually hits this in his sleep. I mean, in his sleep. He was just off his game. He was. Let alone, you know, they block a punt down 16 nothing, and the, and the ball goes over the line of scrimmage and accidentally hits a Cowboys and the Broncos get to keep the ball and end up going on a long drive to kick a field goal. They had some bad breaks go against them. They didn't play their best game. But, again, we can't be overreaction just because of one game. Which loss was worse to you, though, Dallas or Buffalo? Ooh. More telling about what's to come. I, I, think, I think Buffalo. Buffalo is the one I'm more concerned about. I am. Again, I, I've been on this Buffalo's offense is not as good as everybody thinks for a long time. And the fact that they just couldn't find a way to eke out the win, maybe ugly, so be it. Yeah, I have more issues with that. Dallas, I'm not worried about their offense. Their offense is going to be fine. They're going to still kick butt. They just had an off game, and Prescott was rusty. Patriots are at 10, Steelers are at 11. DJ Binger says, how much of the Patriots and Steelers ranking is just on pedigree? Uh, when you look at the other teams, I that this is right where they are. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of teams clustered around 500. And the Steelers have won four in a row. The Patriots have improved dramatically. I, I, I stand by where both of these teams are, Chris. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Patriots went toe-to-toe with the Bucks and toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. Like... They're, they're going to be a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty the whole year. It'll never be pretty. They're never going to win games against some of the good teams in football, and it's going to be like 38-14. to 14. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a lot of what we saw last week and weeks before that. They've won three in a row. The Steelers have won four in a row. There's something to be said for exactly. being hot 
in November. Right. Let's take a break. Uh, confusing and troubling story emerging last night regarding Dalvin Cook, Vikings running back. It's still very early in the process. We'll tell you what we know when PFT Live continues right after this. Confusing situation emerging regarding Vikings running back Dalvin Cook, and it first came to light in a confusing way. Adam Schefter's tweet last night, Dalvin Cook is the victim of domestic abuse and extortion. There's pending litigation, according to his agent, Zach Hiller. Well, Hiller was trying to get ahead of this, and I think he got the cart before the horse, and it made it even more confusing. What happened was there was some sort of an altercation in Cook's house between him and a now ex-girlfriend, and the girlfriend claims that she was assaulted by Cook Cook claims he was assaulted by the girlfriend. Cook claims he was just defending himself after she broke into or unlawfully entered his house and that then he was the victim of extortion. So this is going to be allegations and counter allegations. But Cook's guy, Zach Hiller, tried to to sell this notion that Cook's the victim, Cook's the victim, Cook's the victim. Well, bro, there's two sides of the story. Yeah. So we're going to we're going we're gonna to see through court filings and wherever it goes from here, we're going to see who the victim really was, and eventually a judge or a jury is going to figure it all out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Dalvin Cook and his camp, you know, were aggressive to get out in front of this early and kind of set the narrative, which, I mean, I understand. Uh, but, but, the, but did it in a very confusing and was confusing. way. That's the problem. Agreed. He called me up, and I, at first I didn't understand what he was talking about. Right. I mean, we spent 20 minutes just for me trying to understand what I'm allowed to see. You know, he, I'm, he was on the record, but, I, I you know, it's – it was all very, it was all very confusing. Yeah, That's the okay. best word. I got. I you. won't try to find a better word, at the risk of finding a lesser word. And 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 when a situation like this, both sides are entitled sure. to their viewpoints. Both sides are entitled to make their allegations. And there's a a system for figuring it all out. There's been no criminal charges. Yep. But the civil setting is where this will be resolved, and presumably the league is going to pay attention at some point. Yeah. No. I, I mean, uh, I would think so at some point. And yeah, I, you know, these are these are tough situations. I, you know, again, we don't know the circumstances, any of the background, the details, whatever. You know, you, I do know that if two people love each other or lust was involved or anything there, that tempers can flare sometimes when they split apart. And at, at base level, at least seems we'll that. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep you posted yeah. at PFT as to what's happening. Thanks for some of your time today. We'll see you tomorrow morning for another edition of PFT see ya. Live. I Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.